Hey guys, this is Ben Johnson back with another We Are One podcast episode. We are diving again into the great grace of God. Stay tuned. another episode and I hope that uh, today finds you in a place warmer than I'm in. <laughs> it's about minus 17 outside today. So um, hopefully you are a lot warmer than us. We've been talking about this topic of grace and um, first of all, I want to go back into that definition. Grace is what empowers us to live as a new creation, as one who is like Christ, okay? Grace, here's another definition. Grace is the supernatural substance that sustains you and keeps you from human limitation. What do I mean by that? Remember that story where Jesus is at the well and he's talking to the Samaritan woman and he gets all of these words of knowledge about her life and she's amazed and she's like, how could you know all of these things? And... um it goes on for a lengthy period of time, and the disciples come back. They're like, Jesus, haven't you eaten? We need to get you some food. And he's like, guys, I'm good. And uh, how was he good? He said, I have food that you know not of. My food is to do the will of my Father. Okay, so that's what I'm talking about, the supernatural substance that sustains you and keeps you from human limitation, all right? So I'm going to jump right in here on my acronym for grace. The acronym is Godliness redemptive, access, character, evangelical. If you want to learn more about the first three, the G, the R, the A, listen to the last podcast. I don't have a lot of time to recap, all right? So we are jumping straight into here. We are jumping straight to the C, which is this. Grace empowers us to develop godly character. This is super important, you guys, because there's a lot of need for character, but it does not come through human effort and striving. It does not come through some kind of self-improvement. It comes by receiving the free gift of grace, but then not just living in freedom grace. Freedom grace is good. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's good news. That's great news. However, it needs to move us somewhere. It needs to shift us just from a place of freedom grace and take us to the place of transformational grace, okay? So we're going to jump back in this text in 2 Peter, uh, start, uh, 2 Peter 1, and I'm going to go, um, and I'm going to break it down as I'm reading. So 2 Peter chapter 1, we're going to go verses 1 to 8, okay? Here we go. Simeon, Peter, a servant an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained a faith. Uh, that word obtained means um, it's been allotted to you divinely. It's been freely given, okay? To those who have obtained a faith of equal standing with ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ, may grace and peace be multiplied to you, again, here we go, in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. All right, and this is the verse that that I, I really am going to focus on. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. That word life, again, is the word zoe, 
It's the absolute fullness of life, both essential and ethical, which belongs to God, okay? So it is not just life, it is the life of God. So his divine power is granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. I think I've already explained this, but as we get to know God and as we get to spend time with him and our our trust, our intimacy, our depth of secret place life grows with him, whatever that is, some people get kind of like overly spiritual about the secret place. I remember hearing great men and women of God and they talk about, you know, I was on the mountain and I was in my secret place and they sounded even all holy. Their voice like changed while they were talking about it. Or, you know, these people, while well, I was down by the river and the fish were jumping and, you know, the breeze was blowing gently and I was in my secret place and I was like, God, I want to have a cool secret place like that. And I just remember God speaking to me and he's saying, son, anytime that you're aware of my presence, that's the secret place, okay? So I don't want you guys to feel intimidated like you somehow have to do something to get some kind of place. God has put you in a place, just acknowledge that where you are, he is, okay? That was for free. (laughs) His divine power is granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises. Yay, that's good news. So that through them, you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with steadfastness and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. They don't just keep you from being ineffective, they keep you from looking ineffective. (laughs) Very important, okay? Grace keeps you um, in this place of supernatural substance, but it's a choice to acknowledge God. Remember the word says in Proverbs um, 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding, okay? But in all your ways acknowledge him. In other words, invite him into the middle of your crisis, invite him into the middle of your circumstances that seem too difficult for you, right? In all your ways, acknowledge him. God, I need you. I can't live life on my own. I need you. I need a savior. I need I, I need you to, to, to come and make a way where there seems to be no way. You know, whatever it is, acknowledge him. Come in humility. You know, let your heart bow down in, in that place. Uh, uh, embrace spiritual poverty. A lot of people don't understand what spiritual poverty is. You know, being poor in spirit. It it it, it means to it means to to humble yourself. It, it actually it, it that spiritual picture that Jesus used when he said, you know, blessed are the poor in spirit for for those is the kingdom. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. It it means. Uh, to kind of cowl over like a beggar that's holding out like a cup uh, for for change. So it's to have that posterity. It's to have that position of humility in our heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. 
I'm telling you right now, if you're tuning into this podcast, this is a supernatural podcast. I feel the grace of God um, rising inside of me as I'm sharing this with you, especially since I've, I've had issues with my voice this week. And uh, we're about to come up on a little bit of a tour here. Anyways, pray, pray for us, guys. Keep us in prayer. Ephesians 2, we're going to jump to Ephesians 2, okay? Ephesians 2, and we're going to go verses 8 to 10. All right, so I'm going to jump here myself. Ephesians 2, 8 to 10. All right, boom, here we go. Ephesians 2, 8 to 10 says this, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in. In them, And again, there's a big difference between the works of man and the works of God. The works of man always, always, always keep us in a place of striving. The works of God require the grace of God in order to fulfill them, okay? Uh, another thing that I, wanna, uh, I want to define before we keep going here is faith. And uh, I, I want to say something that will stretch you guys, okay? Faith... Um, is a gift. And I know that that's, that's not the part that's going to stretch you, but the part that's going to stretch you is that faith is, is a gift from God and we receive it the same way. It's free. The definition of faith, uh, according to, to the Greek, it says God's divine persuasion upon the believer. Okay. Um, but, but this is how I would talk about faith. I would say that uh, faith is simply belief if you look at it from a human standpoint. And then as our relationship with God matures, it turns into trust. But then it moves from trust into limitless possibilities, right? So grace invites us into greater faith from a place of belief. Remember, three things, belief, into deep trust, and then into limitless possibilities, okay? So grace moves us from just having faith in God to having the faith of God. Somebody should get excited. Ephesians 3 verses 20 and 21 says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly or super abundantly than we could all ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever Amen. All right, so we need to understand this, that that faith, because of grace, can be moved from just belief and trust into limitless possibilities, because it's the faith of God we're talking about, okay? So that's amazing. That's fantastic. But what is that unto? What are the good works that we've been created for, that he's laid out beforehand, that we would walk in? What is the responsibility because of grace? You know, we don't have to do anything to obtain grace, but now that we have grace, what are we to do? We are to grow up in maturity. So we're going to jump back to that scripture where it talks about supplementing your faith, okay, in Second Peter 1. I'm going to jump right down, right down here. 
which says, for this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith. Okay, so add to your faith. You're going to see very quickly here that doing this on your own would be impossible, okay, which is why we're going to go into it, okay? Uh, So the first thing that it says, supplement to your faith, virtue, and virtue is defined as excellence of character. That on its own, if you're doing that out of human limitation, is impossible because Paul writes this in Romans 3. He uses some very descriptive words, I guess I would say. Romans 3, verses 10 to 18, as it is written, none is righteous. No, not one. No one understands. No one seeks from God. All have turned aside together and have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. Their throat is an open grave. Oh my goodness. They use their tongues to deceive. The venom of asps is under their lips. Their mouth is full of curses and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. In their paths are ruin and misery and the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. This is talking about the fallen, broken human condition, okay? Romans 3, later on in Romans 3, it goes on to say, we know this verse, Romans 3.23, and I'm going to read to 28, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance, he had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Then what becomes of our boasting? Is it excluded? By what kind of law? By what? By a law of works? No, but by the law of faith. And this is how the law of faith operates, right? We receive grace and we receive faith. Faith empowers us to walk out a godly life, to develop godly character. And that's what we need to move into. We need to move away from the way that we lived before. Now, the difference is that there's no condemnation. There's no guilt. There's no shame. Um, there's not that, that uh, ledger of sins, that, that list of things that you've done wrong. Christ has washed that away. We receive the redemption of our sins, but we need to now walk in that grace. And we need to step into the greater things that he has for us. And one of those greater things is excellence of character, okay? So here we go. Uh, The second thing that we're to supplement, it says uh, knowledge. And knowledge is moral wisdom, all right? So again, knowing right from wrong without the grace of God, completely impossible. Self-control, the virtue of one who masters his desires and passions. How about that one? I don't know anybody that really has truly mastered their desires and and passions completely, right? We can only do that through the grace of God. Uh, Number four, steadfastness. And this this is a good one, you guys. Cheerful or hopeful endurance, constancy, not being swayed by circumstances, but continues to persist and patiently wait. 
<laughs> cheerful endurance, even when things are hard. You know, having that attitude, you know, again, can only be done by grace. Godliness, number five, we've talked about that, only by grace. Number six, brotherly affection, or where we get that word, Philadelphia. And this is just a, this is just a, a genuine love for one another, again, that only comes through God. Um, that would be the equivalent to filio love, brotherly love. Uh, seven is actually love, and it's agape love or charitable love, a love that would lay down their life for another, okay? And Jesus did that. He ultimately did that for us. So how can we live this kind of lifestyle without grace? The answer is we simply cannot. We simply cannot, okay? Uh, that's the answer. We're going to go to Romans 8 here. Me jumping into the scripture. I hope that you guys um, take the time to look in the scriptures while I'm sharing with you. Uh, this is not just um, a podcast for you to listen and kind of be passive about it. I hope that you guys look into what I'm saying, that you don't just take my word for everything. I hope that you're, you know, healthy in the way that you're looking at things. Um, all right. So we need grace. We've discovered this. Romans 8 verse 26 says this, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Thank God, because we're all weak, right? For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And I'll tell you something. The reason why we do not know what to pray is because a lot of our life we've been taught as Christians in the church, for the most part, we've been taught to pray prayers, asking God to give us what we already have. And that's a Selah moment right there. And I'll let you think about that, right? If God has given, given us everything we need for life, pertaining to life and godliness, right? If it is truly his work in us. As Paul said in Galatians 2.20, I'm crucified with Christ, and yet I live. Not I, but Christ that lives within me, right? He's talking about the life that he now lives, and the life that we're now called to live is Christ in the earth. That's that's what we're called to live, right? Uh, Philippians 2.13, for it's God that works in us both to will and to do that which pleases him, right? So we need to step through grace, we need to, yay, freedom, grace. It's amazing. There's no shame, no condemnation. But now we grow up into sons of God. Remember, we talked about that in the last episode. If you have not heard it, you should listen to the last episode. Uh, and that's Great Grace Part 1. I hope you guys are enjoying these podcasts. I'm enjoying spending time with you guys in the scripture. All right. So jumping back here into Romans 8, verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray. Uh, one more side pause here. We should be thanking God a lot more in prayer. Thank you, God, that you made a way where there seemed to be no way. Thank you, God, that you broke through. Thank you, God, that you knew that this circumstance was going on, but you have given me everything that I need in you to overcome. You have overcome. Help me to step into that spirit of an overcomer. Help me to, to step into that life of a son. That, that that doesn't see life uh, as a victim but but thanks you in, in all of these things and 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 has the responsibility of being able to grow up and 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 being able to uh, to judge righteously and and love mercy and and love the things that you love and hate the things that you hate so you know our, our prayer life starts to change okay as we embrace 
uh, the fullness of what grace affords. So likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts knows what is in the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. All right? And this is this is powerful. I'll just keep reading. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn, so exciting, among many brothers. And to those that he predestined, he also called. And to those who he called, he also justified. And to those whom he justified, he also glorified. Come on, somebody. As you guys eat of that scripture, you will understand even more of the depths of what grace has afforded you. Okay? Very, very exciting stuff. So we're moving on here. Uh, we're moving on. Um, and uh, we can't be separated from the love of God. We can't be separated from the grace of God. We need to understand this, that Jesus afforded us this place in God. He's afforded us this, this amazing safety as being sons of God. I, I love how it talks about how we would be the firstborn, how Jesus would be the for, firstborn among many. And uh, that, that's a pretty mysterious scripture. I'm not going to attempt to uh, get into all of it right now. But uh, uh, let's, let's jump to verse 37 in Romans 8 here, okay? No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Talking about Jesus. For I am convinced, this is Paul saying, that neither death nor life nor angels, angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen? So there we go. That's godly character. All right? So remember, we're working on an acronym here. The last thing I want to touch on is grace empowers us to be evangelical. What does that mean? It means that it empowers us to be witnesses. And a lot of us have not understood this. I'm pretty excited to expound upon this a little bit with you guys I don't want to take much longer, but I want you to get this, okay? Acts 1 verse 8. This is Jesus when he tells his disciples, hey guys, I want you to hang out in Jerusalem. It says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth, okay? And we understand that word power is the word dynamis, where we get dynamic, miracle-working power. It's, it's where we get that word dynamite from. But I want you to see something that perhaps you maybe have not seen before. Jesus said, you shall be my witnesses. And, and you know, sometimes when we think about witnesses, we think about, I don't know, uh, Jehovah Witnesses, or we think about going and, and uh, giving out tracts, or we think about, you know, um, the, the guy on the soapbox. You know, unfortunately, sometimes we give... We give God a, a, a bad name by, by not showing, you know, love and mercy. Uh, see, God loves mercy and grace, but he also loves justice and truth. He is all of those things. And so we need to, we need to be sure that we're, that we're preaching the wholeness of the gospel. But we, we can do that if we understand grace, okay? 
So, but th- this this word witness is actually a, a very unique idea, especially in the Hebrew culture. In fact, if you look at Leviticus 5 verse 1, it says, If anyone sins in that he hears a public adjuration to testify, and though he is a witness, whether he has seen or come to know the matter, yet does not speak, he shall bear his iniquity. What is this saying? It's saying that if you were a witness to a crime and you didn't say anything about it and you had the, you had a responsibility to be a witness you could bring life or death through your testimony okay you see where i'm going with this uh, so it was actually a law jewish people grew up with this understanding that they were responsible to give account of what they had seen and what they had heard right their witness or testimony could bring life or death. It was something ingrained in them. So when Jesus used these terms, like, you shall be my witnesses, he was actually saying, you now have a responsibility to testify or to speak of what you've seen and what you have heard, okay? And there there was a time where uh, the disciples, uh, uh, of course, as we read on in Acts, we get to Acts chapter five, where where some of the some of the disciples are thrown in jail, and, and they're come they've come before a, a court, and uh, they've said, "We told you not to preach in the name of Jesus." And Acts five twenty seven to thirty two says this: "The grace of God empowers us to bear." witness. We deserved death and he freed us by his sacrifice on the cross. He suffered and took out our place so we could be righteous and stand before God with confidence, justified, clean, and without shame. I'm pretty sure that that's my writing and not scripture. And even though that's a good point, (laughs) that's not the one that I was trying to make. We're going to go there right now. This is what happens on a live podcast, you guys, okay? Give me grace as we're talking about it. Acts chapter 5, verses 27 to 32. And this is this is pretty cool. Pretty cool. All right, this is scripture. <laughs> I stand corrected. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council, and the high priest questioned them, saying, We strictly charged you not to teach in this name, yet here you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching, and you intend to bring this man's blood upon us. But Peter and the apostles answered, we must obey God rather than man. Amen. Come on. The the God of our fathers raised Jesus, whom you killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him at the right hand as leader and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses to these things And so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him, okay? And so uh, at the end, they were not um, left in prison. They were beaten and then set free, okay? So now I'll read what I wrote. The, The grace of God empowers us to bear witness. We deserved death and he freed us by his sacrifice on the cross. He suffered and took our place so that we could be righteous and stand before God with confidence, justified, clean, and without shame. So there you go. The grace of God in an acronym that you can remember, okay? Godliness, redemptive, access, character, 
evangelical. Father, I thank you for my friends that are listening on this podcast, and I just pray, God, that they would have a deeper understanding of what the cross afforded us. And we thank you for the freedom that comes in you, and we also thank you for the power to live a righteous, holy, godly life, and it comes from you. So guys, thank you so much for listening. God bless you. Until next time, this is Ben Johnston. We are One Podcast, signing out.